You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. Last week, a friend of mine posted on social media something that I think many of us are feeling right now. He asked the question, is it Advent yet? Is it Advent yet? We're nearing this long, nearing the end of this long season in ordinary time, and I'm reminded of these trips I used to take when I was a kid from Wisconsin to Florida. Every year, uh, we'd go down and visit my aunt and uncle down there, and towards the end of this drive, this long, long hours and hours drive, we were sitting in the back of our van just going stir-crazy. Just We were longing to be at the destination. And I feel like that's where we're at in ordinary time, right? It's like we're just longing for Advent. If you're new to the liturgical tradition, Advent is a season in our church year that comes in the four weeks before Christmas. It is a time when we join in with the people of Israel in the Old Testament who longed for a Messiah to come and save them. And it's also a time when we look forward to Jesus returning in our own time. And we long for this Messiah because the, re- the reality for the people of Israel in the Old Testament and for us today is that all is not right in the world. We look around and we read the news. We hear of more school shootings, impeachment hearings, refugees being turned away from the borders. And we join in with the psalmist and say, how long, O Lord? How long? Advent is a season in which we wait, we anticipate, and we prepare for the Messiah to come, to bring justice and salvation and to make all things right. But it isn't Advent yet, not quite yet. Still a few weeks away, but interestingly enough, our, our lectionary readings, just like my friend on, face, or on Facebook it was, our, ad, our lectionary readings today seem to be asking that same question, is it Advent yet? I don't know if you noticed it or not, but it almost feels like our readings today jumped the gun on Advent. Let's look at the Old Testament reading from Malachi. It says, see the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts so that I will leave them neither root nor branch. But you, for you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will, shall rise with healing in its wings. During the time when Malachi was written, the people of Israel had returned to their homeland from exile in Babylon. The temple was being rebuilt, worship was being restored in the land, but that didn't actually mean all was well in the land. The subject in this part of Malachi, if, if, you, if you know Malachi at all, was essentially this. Why do evildoers prosper? Why do evildoers still prosper? Why do so many people seem to be getting away with so much and getting ahead in life? Where is justice for those who suffer at the hand of these evildoers? This was the reality for many many of the people in Israel at the time. And I think it's true for us today. It's the same message we can say today. And the the message that Malachi has to say for us is very clear. The day is coming. The day is coming. And that day will bring on one hand an oven with flames to burn away the evil that exists in our world. But it will also bring a sun with its own kind of flame. A sun that will bring flames of healing. 
to all those who revere God. The day is coming, but it's not here yet. So we will have to wait for that sun to come. And our waiting is marked by hope, right? Because this is a promise in Malachi. Do not be terrified, as the gospel says today. Do not be terrified. Trust God. The day is coming. Our psalm for today, Psalm 98, has a similar message for us. If you remember, it starts out, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. And we all often think of this psalm as a celebratory song. It's been put to music in all sorts of different ways. And it is a celebratory song, but it is all leading to the end. And at the end of the psalm, the psalmist speaks of a day that is coming that will bring judgment. Let the sea roar and all that fills in it. The world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Just like Malachi, the end goal of this psalm is to remind people to trust that God is present and then working in the world and that he will come again. As we say in our creed in just a little while, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. But the fascinating thing about this little message in the psalm is that it is couched in this narrative of joy and victory, wherein all of creation is worshiping the reality that God is present. We live in a God-bathed reality, as our bishop likes to say. So don't forget to sing. Don't forget to sing songs of remembrance of what God has done, because it will be a balm to you as you wait in darkness. And if you're at that place of darkness in your life, where you are struggling to believe that God is actually present and working, you can look to the seas and look to the hills. Look to all of creation and be reminded that even creation is praising God for his presence and his work. Even when we're not able to, all of creation is, is shouting this. So in Malachi and in, Saul, in the psalm for today, we have this underlying theme in both passages that we need to trust God. In the midst of the darkness and the confusion and the wondering and the waiting, we're called to trust God. He is present and at work, and he will come. But our waiting is not just a, a sitting on our hands and twiddling our thumbs kind of waiting. It is not the kind of idleness that we see in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians today. There were some in the early church who thought, Jesus is coming back in this lifetime. And so they're like, we don't have to do anything. We can just kind of sit around and wait for him to come back. These were people in the church. They were literally doing nothing. And Paul has words for these people. He says, for we hear that some of you are living in idleness, mere busybodies, not doing any work. Now such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to, do, to earn their own living. Brothers and sisters, do not be weary in doing what is right. It is true that Jesus will return. And it may be true that Jesus will come back in our lifetimes, but we actually don't know. And our waiting for his return cannot be marked by idleness, just us sitting on our hands and twiddling our thumbs. There is a work that Christ is calling us to, a work that we're called to participate in. 
We must continue to live our lives in faithfulness. And as Luke shows us in our gospel reading today, we are called to join in with the rest of creation to testify to the presence of Christ in our world. The gospel reading for today is just another one of those is it Advent yet readings that the lectionary has given us. Jesus talks about a day of judgment that is coming. And it's actually something that actually happened. In the early church, if you would have read this, you would have read this with like very specific ears because if you know anything about the history of this, Luke wrote his gospel after the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD. So when we read verses four, five and six, we see that Jesus had actually spoken about an actual historical event that had happened. He says, when some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, Jesus said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. And then Jesus goes on and prophesies about all sorts of things that will come to pass in this world before the final day of the, of the Lord. But in the midst of all the wars and the famines and the persecution that Jesus is talking about in this gospel reading, he first says, do not be terrified. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. For these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Do not be afraid. Trust God. Why? For he will be with you. We just sang these words earlier. I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that he is with me, will be with me to the end. Trust God in the midst of your waiting and preparing for the Messiah to come. The second thing Jesus uh, calls us to in this gospel reading today is in verse 13. He says, this will give you an opportunity to testify. This will give you an opportunity to testify. In the midst of your waiting on this earth, don't fall back into the ways of the world and the evildoers like we see in Malachi, who are just amassing wealth, amassing their own little kingdoms. And don't fall back into the ways of idleness like we see in Thessalonians, sitting idly by while others do work for the gospel. But instead, see your life as a constant opportunity to testify to the presence of God in the world. Jesus says, I will be with you. I will give you the words to speak. Do not be terrified. But in the ways in which the temple was a testimony to God's presence in the world, you are now called to be a presence. You, you are now called to be that testimony in the world. Testimony to God's presence. Church, this is the good news of the kingdom and why Advent is actually so important to the life of our church because it actually gives us an opportunity to re remember that God actually came into this world to be with us. He came in this world to live and die and rise again so that we might be raised to new life and have the opportunity to testify to his presence. He is with us. He is in our comings and goings, in all that we do, in all that we face. And he invites us to live lives of integrity and fullness, testifying to his goodness and grace and mercy and long-suffering love and presence. 
And so the question that I began with still looms over us today. Is it Advent yet? And I would argue that, yeah, it's Advent. We're always living in this place between Jesus' incarnation and his return. We are people who are living in a world marked by darkness and war, famine, evildoers, who use power and influence to get ahead in the world. But all the more reason to set aside times and seasons to lean into this waiting, this preparation for the Messiah to come. Every week we say Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. And in the meantime, we wait and we trust and we testify. Our good bishop, Bishop Todd, I know many of you have met him because he's been to your church before. He uh, shared something recently that I actually wanted to pass on to you because I think it fits into this, uh, everything that I'm saying. And it's, I offer it to you as a word of encouragement as we gear up for the Advent season coming up here. This is what he said. He said, this is our Father's world. He is creator, savior, and sustaining superintendent. And humanity remains God's project. We live in a God-bathed world which by his loving, wise design, is perfectly suited to finding him and serving others. Of his telos, we can be totally assured, one day Jesus will hand over the kingdom to his Father, and everything will be perfect. No more tears or pain, just the knowledge that God is God, and that he has been right all along. He's been working on our behalf from creation to the new heavens and the new earth. Thus, we are always safe when we derive our lives from and live within the kingdom of God. We never again need to sin in order to protect, to provide for, or to secure ourselves. Evil, though it is real and painful, is not ultimate. Lying behind the reality of every massive episode of evil, or even the, the small little thoughtless microaggressions that we experience all the time, is this reality that makes sense of it all, that heals everything, that sums it all up in the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. And he goes on to say that all this means that we can actually, we have the opportunity to cultivate these habits of heart from which we can love extravagantly, forgive generously, live at peace in our world, which is marked by death and, and pain and, and disorder, and we can actually trust that God is at work. So as we look ahead to this upcoming Advent season, I have two questions that I want to leave you with and just take a minute to reflect on silently. The first is this. In what ways during this Advent season, as we prepare, we've got two weeks left, so you've got some time to actually prepare for this season of preparing. It's kind of weird, but I invite you to do that. Uh, think about these two questions. Do you need to create space to trust God more fully with your life? In what ways are you still trying to maintain control? And in what ways do you need to release that control? Perhaps it is uh, trusting God with your time. Could be that you need to trust God with your money, with your future, with relationships in your life. And the second question is this, in what ways during this Advent season coming up here, do you need to live into this call to testify to God's presence in the world?
do people actually see you and see this testimony? How might you live more fully into this call to testify to God's work and how he is working in this world? You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.